Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a very busy edition of the HHC, most notably. Press conference was held yesterday at Spectrum Center. Hornets forward Miles Bridges and Hornets general manager Mitch Kupchak speaking to the public for the first time after Miles Bridges signed with the club. We will let you hear from both of those individuals, talk about some of the ramifications for the roster and some of our thoughts on what this means for the future of the team on the court. Helping me on all of these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo. Hello, Sam. Happy to be here. Good to have you back here, as always. And a warm welcome, as well, to Sam Purley, senior writer for Hornets.com. Sam, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Let's start things off with the press conference. As I mentioned, first time Miles Bridges and Mitch Kupchak speaking publicly after he signed his qualifying offer. I want to just let you hear their opening statements before we dive any further into this. And we'll begin with the opening statement from someone fans and followers of the city situation have been wanting to hear from for well over a year now they finally got a chance to hear is miles bridges opening statement i just want to thank everybody for for coming out here you know um first of all i want to apologize to everybody for you know the pain and embarrassment that i caused everyone you know but especially my family um this this year away i've used it to prioritize just going to therapy and becoming the best person I can be, you know, someone that my family and and everybody here can be proud of. I want to thank the Hornets organization and the NBA for giving me a second chance. You know, a lot of people don't get a second chance, and I want to use this second chance just to just to prove to everybody that I'm the same kid that you drafted five years ago. You know, I'm just happy to be back, and I, I can't wait to get this year started. So there you have it. That's Miles Bridges' opening statement to the media at yesterday's press conference. Here now is Hornets general manager Mitch Kupchik and his opening statement. As you know, about uh, 10 days ago, um, Miles Bridges signed a qualifying offer to return to play for the Charlotte Hornets. The decision to extend the qualifying offer uh, took a lot of time to sort through, um, a lot of measured thought. Uh, with ownership, people in the organization. At the end of the day, uh, we relied on the process, you know, in Los Angeles, number one, right? The legal process had to play out. Back in November, the district attorney in Los Angeles and Miles pleaded, right, no contest to domestic abuse. And there was conditions. And it's my understanding since November, Miles has been complying with the conditions that the district attorney in Los Angeles laid out. Also in the fall, the NBA conducted or began to conduct an investigation um, of what took place. And that process uh, took many months. Once again, the NBA is very thorough. Uh, We were involved in the process. Obviously, we got feedback from the NBA but really didn't know what the NBA was going to decide until they decided, which was about the end of the season. 
um, and they decided to suspend Miles for 30 games, 20 games already served, 10 games suspension for the upcoming season, and also allowed him to continue with his career. So, so based on those two bodies and their investigation, you know, our relationship with Miles that goes back over five years, talking to Miles this past year, whether it was ownership, myself, or our coach, uh, knowing Miles as we know him, him showing remorse and accountability, and indicating to us that this would uh, never happen again. And I believe Miles, when he says that, as an organization, we made a decision to extend the qualifying offer about three weeks ago. And Miles signed that offer two weeks ago. There you have it, the opening statements from yesterday's media session with General Manager Mitch Kupchak and, of course, Miles Bridges. We're going to let the statements from Miles and from Mitch stand on their own. For everyone listening, FYI, the entire press availability is available right now on the Hornets team website. Feel free, listen for yourself. Essentially, every member of the Charlotte media had the opportunity to ask Miles and ask Mitch whatever they wanted. Briefly, some of the themes that were touched on, Mitch talked about how the decision-making process was thorough, the decision was not come too lightly or easily, and certainly acknowledged that there would be a variety of opinions out there. Miles spoke with sincerity about using the time to work on himself in therapy. He talked about reflecting on the work he had done in the community prior to all of this, and how moving forward he said he felt he could do more and wants to do more. Ultimately, at the end of the legal process, the NBA's investigation and the Hornets' deliberations with their ownership structure current and future, according to Mitch Kupchak, Miles is going to get that second chance, and ultimately it comes down to what he does with it on and off the court. Again, the full media availability with Miles Bridges and Mitch Kupchak available now on the Hornets website. Please check it out. Coming up next here, I promise I'm going to let Sam and Rob talk. We're going to look at the Hornets roster now that Miles Bridges has signed the qualifying offer. What does the lineup look like? How might it compare to a recent over 500 season here in Charlotte? We'll talk about that next right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber, Rob Longo, Sam Purley here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. So the Miles Bridges press conference has been concluded. He has been reintroduced to the Charlotte media, and now it's time to look at the roster and what things look like for the team. As it's currently constructed, got to keep in mind P.J. Washington, a restricted free agent, so we're not going to assume he is in or out. Just put him to the side for the moment here. As it's currently constructed, from my vantage point, I think the starting five, once the suspension of Miles Bridges is over, probably looks like LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, and Mark Williams in the starting group and off the bench you would assume Brandon Miller, Cody Martin, Nick Richards all when healthy are in that first group out there and then there's probably room for another player maybe it's James Booknight maybe it's Nick Smith some guard to take some point guard minutes and some scoring opportunities for the team what are your guys thoughts here on how this roster now coalesces with hopefully, knock on wood, a healthy group, but also some of the new additions, or in the case of Miles Bridges, this re-addition to the roster. 
Yeah, it's certainly uh, from a basketball standpoint, you could feel his absence last year on top of the injuries. I think there was no question that him not being on the team last year compiled with all the injuries made for obviously a very tough season for the Hornets. But it will be interesting to see. You know, he spoke about this in the press conference that, you know, he's been working out, but there is a difference between working out and staying in shape on your own and then getting back in NBA game shape. I mean, he's going to go, I don't know what it'll end up being, 17, 18 months without playing an NBA game. So, do believe that he has been working out. You see him working out and stuff, but I think there will be a little bit of a reacclimation process for Miles getting back into an NBA game shape is just a natural thing. So hopefully he can get up to speed quickly. I think maybe, you know, having some sort of clarity and certainty on how this is going to play out, at least from a immediate standpoint, maybe that can kind of move forward a little bit and focus on continuing to better himself uh, as a person first and foremost, but also as a basketball player. But yeah, I mean, just from, again, from a basketball standpoint, you know, we we saw what he did, not this past season, but the season before. He was a borderline all-star, 20-point-per-game score, rebounder, facilitator. I thought he made really really big steps in his all-around game that year and with his versatility he can play the four he can play the three you can even see him play some small ball center here and there I mean he's a guy that you can kind of plug into a lot of different places and his skill set is really really good I mean he can do a lot of different things so I, I think it's obviously only going to help the Hornets from a basketball standpoint having him back in the lineup and allow a lot more options from with different lineups that the Hornets obviously did not have the advantage of having last season. No, not by a long shot. And the injuries were a huge part of that. The inconsistency of the roster, I think, had ultimately the biggest impact on the record. And some of that is Miles Bridges' absence, but a lot of it was also just injuries everywhere else. I think if that was the only absence, everyone else plays 70, 75 games, teams probably going to fall short of 500 but not have one of the four worst records in the NBA and so there's an opportunity here for Charlotte we'll we'll see how things with the remainder of free agency plays out but if healthy I think this team is far more reflective of the 21-22 season where they won 43 games than any other point since Miles Bridges was drafted in terms of the level of talent I don't even think you can make an assumption that Miles Bridges has to start every game just the way that the depth of this team has come together here over the last couple of seasons. The caveat for it all is they got to be healthy, but if they're healthy, there are some serious arguments to be made for a variety of starting fives here for the Hornets. Well, and you take a look at it and you go back to those two seasons prior ago when it was a 43-win team. And you're getting back the leading scorer from that team and Miles Bridges with 20 points per game. And you're also getting reliability as well. We talk a lot about the injuries, but in that season for Miles, he played in 80 games and started 80 of those games. So again, it's a guy that is reliable. He stays healthy. That's a big caveat that you talked about just in general, because it seemed like last year with all of the injuries, it was if one person got hurt, it was somehow... Again, I've never seen it before, but it was almost like a domino effect. It was just one after the other, and if one person got healthy, then another person went out of the lineup. So just run injury luck in that regard, but when you bring a guy like Miles back in the fold, you talked about it. This team is already better than I than that team two seasons ago, I think, just based off of the depth piece, because you add a guy like Brandon Miller, who is a number 2 overall pick. You have some of that young talent that you now have stockpiled. It's just them trying to turn the corner, but based on what we saw from Summer League, Brandon Miller's a guy you can plug and play right away. I mean, he's a guy that can come in, he can spread the floor, be in that second unit, 
if he comes off the bench, then you have a guy now in the starting lineup like Miles Bridges. So again, this brings up a lot of different options for Steve Clifford in terms of rotations, starting lineups, where you even want to play Miles, because like Sam Pirelli talked about, three, four, or five is basically where you can play him if you want to go really, really small out there depending on matchups. But this just only adds to the depth of the team and makes the team better. The injury stuff that you talked about there, Rob, it can't be overstated because 21-22, the team wins 43 games. It had seven players appear in at least 65 games. This past season, they win 27 times. Three players appeared in 65 or more. The 43-win team had four starters start in 70-plus games. That's as consistent as you're likely to find in the NBA for a starting group. This last year, one player started in 70 or more games. So I'm not saying it has to be quite as healthy as the 21-22 season to have success, but certainly if the team can keep this group together, which retains a lot of the parts. I mean, you look back at that 21-22 season, basically that starting five is available for you, except you sub in Mark Williams for Mason Plumley. Plumley, a more developed player for much further along in his offensive game, but we saw the instant impact Mark Williams had defensively on the roster just in the few games he started in the second half of last season so I think there's a very real chance here that the Hornets turn things around very rapidly just by having a healthier group out there and having all of these options available to head coach Steve Clifford what might it mean in terms of wins we'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Ivecast Sam Farber, Sam Purley, and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. We are back in Charlotte after Summer League. It's good to have everyone around the same table again. Sam Purley, you were out there in Las Vegas, and one thing you like to do, whether you're in Vegas or not from time to time, is text me things to try and get a rise out of me, and you succeeded while you were in Las Vegas. I'm not sure where you saw this, if this was put out for the general public or not, but basically the win total lines for most NBA teams have been for the most part announced for the upcoming season, and you sent me one. You saw for the Hornets, I suspect just to try and get a rise out of me. 100%. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It worked. Uh, 31.5, 31.5 wins was the win total for Charlotte. I, I, quite frankly, was astounded at that. I, I basically put in a Google search for Hornets 31.5 to, to find where this line had been put up. And there were only a handful of teams that were even or below the Hornets on that one. I'm not sure if it was the same one you were looking at or not, but either way, those teams were Houston, which is still in the midst of a rebuild. They do have a, a couple significant signings in free agency. So that one, I, I kind of understand if people were to put them even or ahead of the Hornets. I, I kind of get it. We'll see how those parts mesh together, but I, I get the argument at least. San Antonio, Detroit, Washington, the other teams that were even or below the Hornets. No one else was. There's some teams that the lines aren't out yet because they have significant free agency moves or possible trades still to allocate for. But overall, I just find the 31 and a half number kind of disrespectful. I, I look at this roster like we talked about last segment and see basically everything available to them that was there in 21-22 when they won 43 games and were on the precipice of the playoffs. Now it's all back together except the really young pieces that had exceptional seasons that year are older and more experienced, primarily LaMelo Ball. And to me, if you assume they're healthy, and if you're assuming every team out there suffers as many injuries the Hornets did last year, then no one's going to win 40 games. But if you assume the Hornets are healthy, I see no way 31 and a half is a realistic benchmark for Hornets wins. 
experience? Yes, in full disclosure, um, usually after games or after dinners in Vegas, I go straight up to my room, just put on the TV, maybe do a little work. And sometimes, it, you know, to create my own entertainment out there, I'll just kind of fi- I'll read something and kind of fire it off to you and just kind of get you all discombobulated a little bit. So, and I know Rob enjoys it as well. But uh, touching on the, you know, projected wins, you know, it, it, it's a lot of things, I'm sure, factors into it. Although it's not exactly the same team as it was two years ago, the 43 win, there are a lot of the same core pieces. And you did mention that the Hornets did have a really, really good run of health that year, whereas last year was like the complete opposite. Maybe, hopefully, it's closer to what, what it was two years ago than it was last year coming up this year. But yeah, I think a lot of it's just going to come down to internal development too. You've got to have a lot of these guys take the next steps. You need Mark Williams to take another step. You need Brandon Miller to kind of come in and make an immediate impact. Is it James and Kai taking the next steps? Is it JT Thor taking a step? Is it a lot of the guys that maybe had down years last year because the injuries took a toll on everybody and the responsibilities that they have kind of taking on a little bit less but excelling a little bit more in sort of reduced roles like where Terry doesn't have to carry the offense on a night in night out basis because so many guys aren't there so there's so many things that play into these totals and guesstimations and things like that but I think if all goes well and the Hornets have a normal not catastrophic gear from injuries. I mean, guys are going to miss time. It's just natural. I don't see any reason why they aren't north of 40 wins back to where they were a couple years ago and right in the conversation come March, come early April for hopefully one of those final play-in slash playoff spots. Rob Longo, I think when you look back at that team two years ago, the only foundational pieces that are for certain not on this roster because they're on someone else's are Mason Plumley and Jalen McDaniels. Significant players, certainly guys we're very big fans of here, but when you look at how they're being replaced... Mark Williams coming off a rookie season where he showed a lot. I don't think that's a a one-to-one comparison to Mason Plumlee because even though they play the same position, they do it very differently. But from what we saw in the early returns, a lot to like from Mark Williams. So I think at worst, that's a wash. At best, he makes the kind of jump Sam Purley is talking about and the team just continues to thrive from there. And the other one, with as much love and respect we have for Jalen McDaniels' game, I think he's going to do great things moving forward. You added the number two pick in the draft. If you don't think the number number two pick in the draft is going to have a significant impact, then I think we're in the wrong business. So I think just based off that 43-win team, the two most significant players that are not back from it as of this point, of course, more free agency still to come and more things that can happen. But at this point, you replaced your center with someone who had he played the entire season with the stats he had, is probably an all-rookie team member. And the number two overall pick slides into at the very least, a rotation spot, it seems like. I think this team, on paper, can, should be, could be better than the one that won 43 games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you hit it right on the head there. I can't think of any other argument that wouldn't say otherwise. It's hard to say that that's not the case. So I don't know where this 31.5 number came from. I mean, heck, if everybody's healthy, of course, knock on wood, they might clear that number by the end of February, beginning of March. That's not out of the question by any means. So I don't know where this 31.5 came from. I would like to see what those win totals were from two seasons ago to see how that stacked up compared to what the quote-unquote experts in the desert said for that team that ended up winning 43 games that I don't think a lot of people really expected. But yeah, I mean, there's just an opportunity for this team to just really fly above those expectations 
situations, and I know that the team's going to take that stuff personally, and they're going to want to relish in that underdog role. They've said it time and time again. And you're getting guys that have another year of experience under the belt. You got LaMelo Ball, who is going to be a year older, a year wiser, a year more mature. You got other guys coming in there too. Like you said, Mark Williams going to take a big leap, hopefully, in his second season. Even guys like JT Thor that weren't even a big integral part of that team two seasons ago. Maybe he takes another big leap this year as well. So there's endless possibilities for this team. 31 and a half, definitely, definitely low. We all think that's ludicrous, so do with that what you will. I'm convinced. Healthy, there, there's no way that number ends up being relevant. Hopefully, like you said, the team clears it quick and early in the process of this season, which is fast approaching. We anticipate there being more press conference slash free agents related news to come here that we'll, of course, cover on the Hornets Hivecast in the weeks that come. We'll have schedules announced before you know it preseason, and then it'll be October. We'll be rolling into a brand new campaign of Hornets basketball. For now, wish you two the best in your Summer vacations, hopefully. Taking some time off, Sam Perley? Yeah, a little bit. I What's a vacation? Is, well, you don't the, get one. You're chained to the desk. Uh, this is sort of the time. of the. There's still be, as you know, a little bit of you know news-related things kind of popping up here and there. But it feels like once Summer League ends, this is like the real off-season kind of begins, too. So I think it'll be good to kind of, you know, we'll obviously still have our, our pulse on everything. But, um, yeah, I'm going to try and get a little R&R and, and kind of recharge the batteries a little bit for sure in the coming weeks and months. We'll always stay close enough to the mics that we can cover whatever news that breaks right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Perley, Rob Longo, thanks as always for being here on this edition of the HHC. Pleasure as always. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks most of all to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.